in the New Living Translation. So if you would, let's all say this together. 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Wow. Think about that. God has chosen us to be his ambassadors. All right. We're starting a new series today. The characteristics of a follower of Christ. I don't use the term Christian anymore. Because Christian has so many different meanings. That, that's, that's a bad term. But I, I talk about those. If you're, if, are you a follower of Christ? And especially I usually say, are you a follower of Christ and his word? <laughs> because a lot of people like the idea of being a follower of Jesus, but they just don't like following his word. Uh, they kind of separate the secular from the sacred. But for this, I'm talking about characteristics of a follower of Christ. What are the characteristics that we in this room, if we name the name of Christ, should practice? Should follow. And I thought the first one today would be humility. Uh, God has called us and has provided this example of humility in our life. And unfortunately, we're turned off, are we not, by arrogant, self-righteous, prideful people. And you can see that. And you, I don't know why people think that they don't recognize it or they won't get it. But we, we see it so quickly, and we don't like hypocrisy, etc. Proverbs 15.33. Someone read that for me. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility, humility comes before honor. Do you want to be honored by the Lord? At the end of your life, when you pass away, and you stand before the Lord, do you want to be honored by Him? To hear those, those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The, one, of the, one of the hardest things, though, is that as a believer, as a person, as a follower of Christ, we can't change anyone else. Okay? You can't make someone holy. You can't make someone righteous. You can't make someone humble. It's got to come from them. Sometimes you hear you're like, even as a parent, I, I shared it this past week with my students because I asked them this question. Have you ever done something? And I'll ask you. Okay? And I'll raise my hand first. Have you ever done something that, that was sinful that your parents, to your knowledge, don't know about? Don't tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, you don't want to know, you know, it's like, you know, I know that, for me, I, I can start listing things that I at least hope my parents, when they went to eternity, didn't know, but they may know now, <laughs> bummer, <laughs> but nevertheless, okay, but think about this, um, Proverbs 22 6 says, train up a child the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. How many of you would say you were at one point a child? That all of us were a child at one point. Okay? And they could trade up a child the way they should go. You may have had godly parents. You may not. But parents look at that passage of Scripture as an authoritative passage. That if they did their job, and I asked the students, I said... How many of you right now, you don't, I don't want you to see raising your hands, but are living in rebellion? You're not following the Lord. 
Let me tell you something. If your parents are godly, many of them blame themselves because of that passage. But that passage doesn't teach that. It's not a good you know, understanding of that. These are general principles of truth. Proverbs are general principles of truth, not the exclusion of the possibility. The opposite can take place. So you can trade the child the way they go, and when they're old, they'll depart from it. Because they want to choose to live in rebellion against instead of following for Christ. And that includes all of us in this room. So the issue is, is that people, you can't make people do the right thing. God doesn't make people do the right thing. We have to submit. We have to yield. We have to deny. Those are words we don't like. And humility is another one of these that our culture today says, hey, it's all about you. Start with the commercials, right? Have it your way, Burger King. It's all about you, you know? And it's this idea that says your happiness is the most important thing in life. Get happiness. And if you're not happy, something's wrong. Someone's doing you wrong. And that's not the case necessarily at all. And humility is an important thing that we should develop in our life. Why do our choices matter so much? What impacts our choices, and how do my choices potentially impact others? Okay? Now, I wish we could be around tables and talk about this as a group, okay? It'll allow you to chat, chat with each other and things like that. But why don't you take a moment, even though we're in rows instead of circles, talk about this a little bit. Why do our choices matter so much? What impacts our choices, and how do my choices potentially impact others? Go ahead, talk amongst each other. And if you're sitting by yourself, just have a you know a conversation with yourself. <laughs>
Well, why would those, regardless of those times, why would those choices matter at that time? The world is watching us. Okay. Yeah, people are watching us. Even brothers and sisters in Christ are watching us. Yeah, yeah. come on. choose now can have ripple effects in the future. Somebody else had a hand up. Yeah. Yeah, the same one. The reason our choice matters is because how God means it. That's what I like about Sure. Our choices impact the way God views them. Regardless 
of the way others may think about it, etc. And our, our choices, would you agree at least, for time's sake, would that potentially impact others? I think we all would agree with that. What we choose to do can impact somebody else, either positively or negatively. Okay, And so our choices really matter. Humility comes from a Latin and Greek word. They both come from the same type of meaning, meaning low. In other words, humility is I want to become low so you can be high, not from marijuana. <laughs> okay, not that kind of high. I want to lift you up and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be lower. That's a biblical principle, right? I, I, I want you to be raised up. And I'm willing to lower myself so that you will be lifted up. What? Yeah. I, I, I decrease so that he may. And it's the same principle with each other. I decrease. So in other words, when I'm in my home, if I'm loving my wife, I will decrease myself and go, what do I need to do so that I can be a blessing to her or to be a blessing to my children or our grandchildren? Because there's times when you go, I'm tired. I just don't feel like doing this. And it could be with anyone, okay? Anybody. But do you go, self is more important? Or do I lower myself and go, you know, you're not that important. They're more important, so why don't you do it anyway? And so you, but you have to go through that. That's a decision. It's a choice. It needs to be free from pride or arrogance. What's pride? What's pride? You love someone. Putting yourself put, above someone else. Putting yourself above someone else. Thinking you're all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> Thinking you're all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> in the New Testament, it always has a positive connotation. Humility doesn't have a negative connotation unless it's fate or it's false humility. Don't you recognize false humility in someone right away? I'm the most humble person I know. And I've yeah. heard that said before. Biblical insights on humility. Humility is the way to gain wisdom, to be wise. Have you ever thought, I need wisdom? Humility is the pathway to wisdom because it begins with the fear of the Lord. Someone read Proverbs 11, 2 for me. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Now again, I don't want to be inconsistent. The Proverbs are general principles of truth. That's why, you know, I, I said Ecclesiastes is frustrating to me, but he's right on the money a lot with a lot of what he says. Unfortunately, what Solomon, who's the wisest man who ever lived, understood life. And the bottom line with understanding life is it's not always fair. And when he was trying to find pleasure in all the stuff except for God, that's why he came to the conclusion everything's vanity, it's worthless, it's, it's grasping for the wind. I tried this and it's meaningless. I tried that. You know what? It ends up this way and it ends up that way. And it's like anytime you take yourself out of the plan of God and you try to do it yourself, you're always going to become miserable. But generally speaking, 
When pride comes, comes disgrace. Okay? And you've seen that. You know that. You've heard that recently. And you see that in other people's lives. Okay? But you also get frustrated somebody that the most humble people you know struggle. Why? Why, why, don't, why don't they? Because it's a general principle of truth. Humility comes before honor. Proverbs 15.33 says, Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord. And humility comes before honor. Proverbs 18.12 says, Before a downfall, the heart is haughty. It's prideful. It's arrogant. But, hu but humility comes before honor. When we humble ourselves, let me just say this. We need to have an eternal perspective on life. Okay? Our human life, do you, well, let me ask this. Do you believe in God? Yes. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Do you believe Jesus is God? Yes. Do you believe Jesus died, was buried, and rose again? Yes. Do you believe you're going to go to heaven one day? Yes. Do you believe you're going to live for eternity in heaven? Yes. Does it matter? Yes. Okay? Sometimes we go, Lord, I've done this, this, and this. Why hasn't this occurred? I've tried to, you know, now obviously we could, you know, the, the, the devil always speaks in our ear and goes, yeah, but what about this, 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 and this? You go, oh. But then, Dwayne Morgan will remind me. But with God, when you accept Jesus, he saved you. You're perfect in him. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as what? White as out. Okay? You're clean. You're holy. You're declared righteous by God. So, but the issue is that sometimes we want instant gratification. Would you agree? We want to be honored now. And what's our interpretation of honor? Uh, someone to win the lottery and give it to me. A Lamborghini. And Jesus is going to go, you need a Lamborghini for what? There are positive results from humility. Proverbs 22.4. Someone read that for me. Humility is the fear of the Lord. His wages are riches and honor and life. Again, here's a principle. Okay? Humility is when we fear the Lord. I'm, it's not about me. It's about Him. So I humble myself. I fear the Lord. So I'm honoring Him by following His word. I'm trusting His word. I'm trusting His plan. And with that, the wages of it are riches and honor and life. Okay. As a general principle, this is true. Okay. Yes? I was thinking, though, when I read this, I was thinking, I think of it in a spiritual way. There are spiritual riches you can gain from humility, growing in grace in the Lord, and honor, honoring Him. It's when we receive, we give back to Him. And, and therefore, our life is Sure. But I think also, you, you see God also do many things, uh, like, for example, okay, from the sermon this morning from Pastor Scott, he's talking about Elijah going to the woman who was preparing the last meal for she and her son, and then they would die because it was gone. Elijah comes in, 
and says, bake the cake for me. Now think about that. It's her last meal with her son. And this guy says, make it for me. So we're already hungry because we've been sparing this for a long time. And we're down to the last little bit of oil and flour. And you're wanting me to make it for you. It took a lot of humility. But God then turned around and said, all of your needs will be met. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, Scripture tells us. That doesn't, but we can't have, I think my point in this is, don't have an American mentality when it comes to riches. Sometimes they are spiritual. But in reality, most of us are blessed beyond most in the world. And our, some of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world are suffering terribly right now. They're, they're suffering in poverty. Some of them are in prison for their faith. Uh, if you don't get the Voice of the Martyrs, I'd encourage you to get the magazine and connect with them. And we are so blessed. Like, and that doesn't even mean we're blessed even though some of us aren't humble. Right? God has blessed in such a, an amazing way, but we can't think of all these things from an American perspective. Biblical examples of rejecting or following uh, humility. The fall of Satan. Someone read Ezekiel 28, 14, and 15 for me. You were anointed as a guardian of for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the fiery sands. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until wickedness was found in you. Ezekiel begins to talk about Satan. Remember, what was he called before he was Satan? Lucifer. He was the, he was the highest angel. Isaiah 14, 12 to 15 says, How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in my heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mountain of assembly, on the uttermost uh, utmost heights on Mount Zabon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. And Satan was banished. And a third of the angels went with him. And he became the god of this world. He says, okay, I'm taking over this planet. And then he's, you know, his influence has been there since, but his day of reckoning is coming. The bottom line is, is that pride comes before fall. And when you reject humility, and he, he, he said, you know what, I'm going to be God. Think about it. What we have to be careful of, okay, it's satanic when we go, God, I've got this. I'm in control. I don't need you. I don't need to pray. I got this. That's satanic. We don't like using that kind of phraseology because, oh, oh, oh I, might. I don't want to be satanic. Yet it is because we're like the one who prided himself and, and fell because of it. The fall of Adam and Eve. Someone read Genesis 3, 1 to 7. Long passage. Someone who doesn't mind reading. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. 
That's what I said. You, <laughs> you will not certainly die, my servant said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You see where the fall came? Did God really say, you're not going to die. You're going to be like God. And when she saw that it looked good to eat, wow, I, I, I like all the other stuff, but this looks pretty good too. And it was desirable for gaining wisdom. I'll be like God. And then they realized they were naked. <laughs> Isn't that the case? When, when we become arrogant and prideful, we're just naked before God. And we realize it. You know? Moses is an example of humility. Numbers 12, 3 says, Now Moses was very a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Now, interestingly enough, even God gets a little frustrated. Remember Moses? Yeah, Lord, yeah, no, I don't want to go. No, no. All right, I'll send Aaron with you. Okay, that's good. It'll be useful. I don't speak too well. You know, right? He was humble. Let me just say this. Your greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness. He was, he was the most humble man. His, but in his humility, he struggled with obedience. God can sometimes take our greatest strength and, and kind of put shed a light on it and says, are you really willing to trust me? See, sometimes humility can do this. They've been asking at the church. Children's ministry needs help. You know, some of the elder students aren't at back like they, you know, to come in and help like they used to do. And they're going, hey, we need help in children's ministry. It's like, well, you know, I'm not that gifted. See, humility can also be a pathway apathy or to non-activity. See, we have to be careful of how we use what, we have, what we've been given. And even good things can be used the wrong way. Daniel chose humility and God heard his prayers. Someone read Daniel 10 12. Then he continued, do not be afraid Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. Wouldn't you love to hear that? I have heard your words. Your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. Wow. But it began with his humility. Humble yourself before the Lord. And God will hear you. When we recognize who we are and who God is, it makes a big difference. Jesus is all, the ultimate role model for humility. Matthew 11, 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Are you finding rest for your soul today in the Lord? Are you finding rest for your soul? 
in the Lord. That takes humility. The humble tax collector was justified by God. Luke 18, 13 to 14. Now, you don't usually hear uh, humble and tax collector together, right? All right? Someone read that for me. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. If you notice this throughout Scripture, even in the Old Testament, when, when people of God who were even wicked humbled themselves before God, God sees the heart and responds. God knows your heart. He looks at your heart. And he will recognize that. And remember the Pharisee? Who stood there and said, I'm so glad that I'm not like them. Pride. God sees that. But when we humble ourselves before Almighty God, even as followers of Christ, we will sometimes sin. And when we humble ourselves before God, even though people, okay, get the picture of this. Even though people might still reject you, God doesn't. Man looks on the outward, God looks in the heart. There are times in your life when you go, you know what, Lord, I blew it. I'm humbly coming before you. I blew it. And there may be people in your life that will go, um, I, I don't forgive you. I'm not going to forgive you. Your main focus has to be on getting right with God. You can't change their hearts, but you can change yours by being humble. The character of humility. Those who humble themselves choose the benefit of others. Chose the benefit of others. It's probably C-H-O-S-E instead of double zero, or O double, sorry. Jesus died for us, Philippians 2, 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. See, Jesus humbled himself and said, you know what? I recognize that if I don't humble myself, even though I can call down a legion of angels, wipe you all out. I'm tired of you all. I'm sick of this. I'm done. You guys are just whiners. No. He humbled himself and became obedient. Who did he become obedient to? The Father. See, that's what God has called us to do. To be like Jesus and obedient to the Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. When we're tempted to sin, and I'm tempted to sin, do we say yes, Lord, or yes? Do I say yes, Lou? Do I, like Paul says, I beat my body into subjection? I told my body no, or do I tell my body yes? What do I want to do? Do I get angry? Do I follow that sin? Do I become obedient to God? And that comes from humility, not thinking of ourselves better than we ought to. We choose to do this for the benefit of others by building them up and valuing them. Philippians 2, 3. Someone read that. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Okay, no selfish ambition, no vain conceit. Hey, I'm more important than this. I should be treated this way. No. 
if you really value others better than yourself. Can you do that with your boss? Can you do that with your spouse who's not acting so godly? Can you do that with your child who's frustrated? Can we humble ourselves and value others above us through what we choose to do? It's an example of true love. Ephesians 4 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in what? See, we bear in love, and when we really love somebody, we will be humble before them. It's, it results in service to others. James 3.13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their what? Good life. By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So when you become wise, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you have wisdom, you become humble. And then when you humble yourself, you do good things. That was, that, there's the progression right there. I, I'm fearing the Lord. The Lord gives me wisdom. I then, with wisdom, understand to be humble. And then when I do that, I serve others. It opposes worldliness and results in spiritual victory. James 4, 4-7. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor or grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Wow. That is packed. If there is a verse, this, a passage this week that I'd like you to park on, that I would like you to meditate on, it would be this one right here. Okay? Why? Because in it, it gives us a, a, uh, a formula, a recipe for godliness. Okay? And to choose the right thing and not worldliness. God will exalt or promote a humble person. Luke 14, 11. Someone read that for me. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So the result, if you go, I will choose humility this week. God says, if you, if you will humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm going to get a raise? Does that mean I'm going to get a new car? Not necessarily. But in God's ways, he will exalt you. He will lift you up. God will lift up a humble person. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. See, it's in due time. There will be a time when you're going to be going through a circumstance, and God says, I've got this. I've got this. Trust me. I've got this. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, as we go through this, uh, this day, this week, there are needs, many needs in this class, burdens that people are carrying, things that are, are, can be frustrating. God, I pray that you will give them grace and mercy and humility. May they choose humility. Even though at times, Lord, when we do that, it just doesn't seem fair. But may we choose that because we choose you. Jesus chose death, even the death of the cross. 
He became sin for us, even though he knew no sin, so that we could have his righteousness. God, I pray that you would help us to learn humility this week. Continue to teach us, Lord, to be just like you and the role model of your son, Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you all. Have a great week.